Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Volt here, and joining me today uh, is Steve Harrison. Uh, Steve is a co-founder of Author Success and the National Publicity Summit. Uh, his company has helped launch books. Maybe you've heard of them, a couple of smash hits, as well as a bunch of other books, um, Chicken Soup for the Soul and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, if you like the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, check out that interview on this podcast uh, with Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, Steve and his brother, Bill, have been in business together for more than 35 years and have helped 15,000 nonfiction authors write, publish, and or promote uh, their books. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, 10 ways to sell books through media appearances, and maybe even more than 10 ways. Uh, we'll see as we as we get going here. So uh, I'm super excited for this. Steve, welcome. Great to have you here. Oh, great to be here. Yeah. So I guess first things first, why books? And how did you start working with authors? You know, I was in college. I was a sophomore. I was dating this girl for 10 weeks who was a senior. She graduated. And my summer job was selling books door to door. Um, and uh, so my, yeah, for Southwestern. That's no right. Way. Cool. Okay. Yeah, you, you know it well in the publishing company. So it was, it was actually selling books that nobody was interested in, nobody cared about, you know, but how do you get people to care? And uh, I learned a lot. I actually did that uh, for a number of summers. And uh, when I got, when I, when I had fully graduated, you know, I had a long distance relationship with this girl and she was in Philadelphia and my brother had just purchased a newsletter for that the media would receive to find out about uh, authors who were on tour. And he said, Hey, I'm starting this publication. That's going to, I'm going to reinvent it to let authors get publicity. Basically it would let the media know about guests. And I said, okay, Bill, I'll help you for three months. Well, here we are 35 years later, I married the girl, we have three kids. And so, you know, it's just, um, it's been a real labor of love and I just, it kind of found me. That's cool. And, and small world, we have so many people that work at selfpublishing.com that work for Southwestern. <laughs> yeah. It's like all of our best people in our sales team come from Southwestern. So there's a lot of crossover there of, uh, of selling books door to door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great. It's great experience. And, you know, I think that for us with our, our magazine, what we had to do was we, what we found was a lot of times authors would send us their copy that they wanted to put out there to the media. And it would say things like award-winning book. And we're like, nobody cares about that. You know, mm. and we, 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 we put it out there and it wouldn't do well. And then we found when we rewrote the copy and mm. rewrote like the headline and the intro, they did a lot better. And what we found from that actually is we just learned what kinds of hooks and headlines get the media interested. Yeah. That's cool. Let's talk hooks here in just a second. I guess first, I mean, obviously you guys have had you know, clients on Good Morning America, Today Show, Fox News, ESPN, New York Times, a bunch of different publications. 
why like why media why pr why why should authors care about this why is this something that they should pursue to help them sell more copies of their book i once heard about a book marketing consultant who at a seminar put a book up there and just had everybody sit there and look at it and he said you've learned the first thing books don't sell themselves you know um and I what I, I think what the publicity really offers is first of all free exposure where you're able to talk about your topic and have you know invariably most times when people interview you they give you a plug generally and they they invite people to find out about the book and a lot of you know succeeding as an author is creating a snowball effect so for example when you're interviewed Somebody else has built that audience, whether it's a TV show, whether it's radio, whether it's a podcast, uh, uh, a magazine, someone else has built that audience. And so people who hear your stories, who hear your advice, can connect with you and say, you know what, I like that guy. I, I, I like what that lady has to say. I could see where her book could benefit me and they can buy it. And it can, it can generate sales directly, can also generate sales indirectly. Because it gives you credibility when you can say, frankly, I mean, it, it, you know, you could say, you know, as seen on Good Morning America when you get on a show like that. But frankly, if just when you put out podcasts that you've been on, even just to your own Facebook following, friends and people that know you say, oh, I didn't know that Betsy was doing interviews. Maybe we should have her do a workshop for our company. Maybe we should buy that book for our our daughter. So it creates one thing, creates another thing, creates another thing. Now, let's say I've got a launch in three months. Should, is it too late to start going after media? Is it, is it too early? Like when is kind of the right time for an author to start pursuing media around the launch or just around the promotion of their book? Yeah. Well, I think you definitely want to do more when you're launching. But I, I say you got to start thinking about publicity even while you're writing your book. There are things you can do in your book to make it more attractive because you want to have a book where when you send it to media, they say, oh, I would love to do this story. I'd love to interview this author. I could see right here from chapter three, this would be a great hook. Um, in terms of timing, if you're, if you're three months out, you got to realize media work on different lead times. So um, Radio, TV, podcasts, usually they're um, two weeks, three weeks. Major um, print is going to be sometimes three months, six months out. So you want to, you know, you want to kind of think of who is, who's most likely to buy your book? Who's that audience? And what do they read? What do they watch? And put together a list. I call it the fabulous 50 of where do I really want to be? And I wouldn't make the national TV show your very first, you know, person to pitch, but start doing interviews. I even have seen that the most successful authors do interviews while they're writing the book. Um, you know, and, and I think Tim Ferriss with the four hour work week began this change because he was making, he was talking about his topic and he was connecting with bloggers and building relationships with media so that they knew about his book. And so when he came to launch, he had relationship. They were, they were really uh, willing to promote him. So um, it helps you write a better book 
as well. I mean, I think you and I both know sometimes people make the mistake of writing a book and they've never really talked about it or taught it. But you start getting on some podcasts because a lot of times people think, oh, I have to have a book to get on a podcast. No, you have to have expertise. And if you have expertise and you have something that you can point to, um, you can definitely uh, do well. Yeah. And I, I love the, the the part that you mentioned there is, is yeah, a lot of people, okay, oh, my book's not out yet. I can't talk about it. Well, the process of talking about it, not only can that, you know, drive pre-sales and pre-orders if your book is available for pre-order, but it also, to your point, helps you start to articulate better the concept. Now, yeah. it, you know, I mean, especially if you're an external processor like me, you know, external processor, internal processor, it's, all right, I clarify an idea by talking it out loud. So whether it's on a podcast, whether it's on TV, whether it's, you know, whatever the medium is, you can start to test different concepts or content around the topic and which will make for a better book. So that's awesome. I love that. Um, You talk about a concept of a hook. Um, And I know, you know, for people like me and you who are are doing media, doing PR and, and doing marketing, it's like, we know what a hook is, but a lot of people don't. What is a hook? Why does it matter, especially when it comes to getting yeses uh, in PR and media? If Chandler and I have a TV show together and we know we want to break for commercial and we're going to interview you, though, we'd say coming up and we might say, you know, what would we say? Coming up, we want to tease the audience into staying through a bunch of commercials to then watch our interview with you right? So that's how people want to think about it as a tease. What would you say in, what would be that phrase that coming up, what would they say that would get people interested? Because, you know, what would you, what would be that phrase when people are searching a podcast where they'd say, I want to, you know, so for example, like with your show, I looked at, you know, what you've done and said, okay, where could I contribute the most value for what you're doing? All right. 10 ways to sell more books, you know, through media appearances, right? Because that fits you. So that's like a tease, which we are now in the process of of fulfilling on. But that's how you want to think about it. Um, And so that's where a hook would be with that phrase. And we can give some different formulas there. There are formulas. Yeah, let's, let's do that. What, so, so now we know what it is. How do we, how, how, how do you come up with it? Any, any tips or kind of formulas that you have, like you mentioned? Yeah. Uh, first of all, think of specific situations that people have. The person you're selling your book to, what are specific situations that problems they have and um, give a how-to angle. So for example, like Elizabeth Lombardo is a psychologist and she came to our national publicity summit where we trained people. And then she was you know, reaching out to media. And the first hook that got her on the Today Show was how not to be an overstressed mom. Now her her book, it was Prescription for Happiness at the time. That was the book she was promoting. But she didn't go with the title, hey, I want to share the Prescription for Happiness. She went with the problem. So what's the, you know, make a list of some problems, some very specific situations that people are in. I once had a, a motivational speaker who, when we first tried to put her out to the media, uh, you know, she was all about positive attitude, goal setting, things you and I really believe in. The problem is there are so many people out there talking about that. And I said, listen, we need something more specific. What's a situation where people, where someone needs to learn how to be more positive? She said, well, a lot of people are unhappy in their jobs. I said, okay, why don't we make the hook how to love the job you hate? 
And boy, she got over 70 interviews that year. She got on CNBC. She was a speaker. She got booked for speaking. She didn't even have a book at the time. But guess what the title of the book ended up being? How to Love the Job You Hate. So this is, I think, look at that. Look at problems. Look at uh, situations people are in. Also, if you can be timely. So generally for your book, there is a time, certain times of year where whether it's Valentine's Day, like I'll never forget, you know, Greg Godek, who wrote uh, a book on a thousand one ways to be romantic. He would obviously tie in with Valentine's Day, but he would also tie in with August because that's National Romance Awareness Month, you know? So um, the other thing you can look at is what's going on in the news. I think being timely is one of the best ways of getting publicity um, in, in, in major, because there's a lot of media that like to cover news. So if something happens um, on the news and you can tie in with that, boy, it really helps. Um, I'll never forget, we had a, a sales consultant who wrote a book on storytelling for salespeople. And uh, I said to him, great, well, listen, we got to make you timely. And uh, ironically, the Super Bowl was around the corner. And I said, why don't you, let's tie you in with the Super Bowl. And he said, what do you mean? I, I talk about sales. I don't talk about the Super Bowl. I said, yeah, but what do people watch the Super Bowl for? They watch, a lot of them watch for the commercials. And here's the key question. I said, would you be willing to do a little research about the Super Bowl commercials? I realize that's not in your book, but would you be willing to talk about, to look at the Super Bowl commercials, do a little research and promise to come on and talk about which commercials just entertained, uh, but didn't sell the product and which ones uh, oh, really cool. were actually good. Yeah. And he, he did this strategy twice and over that, cause it worked so well. And I know he got over 50 interviews. He got on ESPN. He sold 40,000 books and he even got a major, um, con somebody in Australia heard him and said, I want to book you for my company. And he ended up doing like a quarter million dollars worth of training. So it's just, Mm. But 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 who would have thought that, right? Yeah, I've got a book on sales, but what else can I tie in with? Now, of course, you should be. You got a book on sales. You should be on podcasts for salespeople, mm -hmm. and there's mm -hmm. your core audience. But um, looking, thinking in terms of timely, how to um, some other good hooks would be where if you've got um, a like a question you can raise is spanking child abuse controversial, you know, mm. we, or is there something like for TV, where could you make it visual? So like we had a husband and wife team where when they came to our publicity summit, we're getting them ready to meet all kinds of media, TV and podcasts and radio. Their whole passion is making, getting the toxins out of people's homes. And we said, could you do a makeover where you you say, give us a random family. We'll go in, we'll take different measurements and we'll show them how many toxins are in people's homes. Are and your cleaning products killing you. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that ended up being the hook, Chandler. It ended up the hook uh, it went with is, is your house killing you? So oh, raising, no yeah. raising the question, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, That's cool. I like that a lot. Uh, so you're talking about the hook um, and media hook. And then earlier you you talked about, hey, you know, kind of like we always talk about is like the marketing starts before the marketing starts. 
Like you should think about PR even when you're writing. It, do you see crossover and how you can embed hooks in titles, subtitles, or the topic topically with the book so that when it comes time to, you know, go on podcasts, get on blogs, yeah, totally. TV, et cetera. Like, is there anything you see there and any tips for that? Yeah, totally. I mean, the um, so I call it making your book mediagenic, right? So ideally, now, now like again, <clears throat> the preface I'd give is that if you've written your book, you know, maybe some of these ideas are for the next book. Nobody does this perfectly when they're starting, but ideally, you know, your book title would be a hook. So for example, like um, I know years ago, we were working with David Bach and he was learning a lot from us about hooks. And so he created, you know, uh, the automatic millionaire and literally the hook on TV coming up, how to be an automatic millionaire. I mean, you're going to stay tuned for that, right? Um, so your title, well, the other thing is, can your table of contents, the chapters ideally would be hooks. And what I mean by that is it would actually, they're like teases where I, I got to read it. And so you should be able ideally to send a media person, your book, and he or she would look at it and say, oh my gosh, Chapter seven, I just, we'll just do that as the segment. That's fantastic. Um, so all this, this was really cool is that, I mean, some things that I find, um, there's a certain basic human psychology. So like, if you're thinking about like, how do you make your book more mediagenic? Here's some things we found is opening with a strong story. Dan Harris is the author of the book, 10% Happier. And Pay attention to books that are written by media people because he opens his book literally with a crisis story of how he had a panic attack on Good Morning America and he couldn't even speak. And he's like, oh, what am I going to do? Do something, do, do something. You know, that's a powerful opening. That's his story. And I think a lot of people don't tell their story and, and instantly pull people in. Um, and that is something now that can make you more mediagenic. Some mm. other things are, are myths. So what are myths people believe that you, they'll be very happy when you break them. That like I had a um, client where he said, you know, a lot. So in other words, what do a lot of people think that just ain't so? So in his case, he was a financial consultant, mortgage consultant, actually. And he said, you know, a lot of people think that if you've had a bankruptcy, you can't get a mortgage. That's not true. Well, see, that was a really good hook, you know, how to get a mortgage even if you've had a, a bankruptcy for that audience, you know, there's um, that was really good. So there are different ways uh, to put different hooks throughout the book, the chapter titles, stories, myth breaking. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to do. That's cool. I was just, I was just looking at my table of contents. I'm like, huh, was there, Art, is there anywhere where I'm titling chapters or sections or whatever where it's it's provocative or or <laughs> it's intriguing or could be a standalone thing? So hey Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan.
All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. Let's maybe shift gears a, li- a little bit. All right, we've got, we've got our hook. Uh, we've got we've embedded this into the content of the book. We've made the book a little bit more uh, media genic. All right. Now what, like how, how do we get our first? Yes. Like any tips on, on kind of first reach outs and getting, getting the first yes. Yeah. I would first look at your own network. Who do you know who has a podcast or who knows somebody at a show? It's amazing. This is something people, we often forget, right? Like, you know, we just forget there are people in our lives that somebody knows somebody, you know, and be willing to ask people, hey, could you introduce me to your friend? What kind of radio show does she do? What what kind of podcast does she do? And so, first of all, look for that. Look, maybe you've got some author friends who've done some podcasts. Say, hey, who is that? How do you contact that person? Would you be willing to introduce me? That's great. The other thing you want to look for is, hey, what is my book about? If it's about breast cancer, okay, let's look for, you know, breast cancer podcasts. Let's look for magazines that cover that, journalists who are writing on that and build a little list, your fabulous 50 list. And here's the big key. What most people don't do, they think it's going to take a lot of time, but actually it takes, it makes things so much more efficient. And that is to watch the show or read the publication, at least look at the description, be familiar with what they cover and how they cover it. Because every media outlet has a formula. You know, uh, they have a certain way. They might be interviewing people who give how-to advice. They might be wanting people to share their inspirational stories. They may be doing controversial stuff. They, you know, um, they may want quick tips for their column. And what you want to be doing is you want to be giving them something that is completely tailored to them. You want to give them something where they say, that's exactly what we do. Um, and so if you're, you want to think about it as approaching them, we find the best way is email or direct message and make the, make it first. Everyone's favorite topic is themselves. So like, I remember, I'll never forget, I had a, a there was a CNN producer that I met very briefly. I knew she didn't remember me. It was like five years later. I sent her an email. I said, Betsy, are you still doing stand-up comedy? I heard back from her in three minutes. Because I said in the email, Betsy, la- we met briefly. You may not remember, but last time we talked, you uh, mentioned you were doing some stand-up comedy at the time. You're still doing that? Are you doing something else? Listen, here's why I reached out to you. So begin with them. I liked, it's got to be real and, and, and sincere, but I loved your column about the, how, to, how to recover from a divorce. You know, I, I notice it seems you like to cover stories that empower divorced people to begin their new chapter. I have an idea for a story or for an interview. And it, and then you give them the hook, tell them about what you're doing. Because a lot of times, I mean, most people are um, afraid to contact media because they don't want to be rejected or they think they don't have enough. Oh, I don't have my book done or I, my book isn't good enough. It's, 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 uh, 
it's you know it, it it it's it's like oh it's not a bestseller oh it's only an Amazon bestseller it's not a New York Times bestseller there's always a narrative of oh I can't get and yet these media need you I mean they really do they need guests they need people to interview and they can't always interview the same people or quote the same people so you're actually when you come from a place of service and say I notice what you cover and here's what I think here's an idea. What do you think? You tell them a little bit about yourself and how you might serve them. I tell you, so many people are are sending media things like award-winning book, or they're pitching the Fox TV producer who's doing news segments. Hey, I could do a cooking segment. It's so clear they don't know the show. I often, Mm. you know, I've interviewed a lot of media with our publicity summit and things. I say, what percent of the people who pitch you are um, are on the mark, and they say just ten percent. So mm. there's real hope. I mean, you know, yeah, there's a lot of people out there, but if you tailor what you're doing, boy, it's and it's just a much more enjoyable way. It's a much more efficient way to get yeses. Got it. That's great. So tailor the messaging. Create your fabulous fifty. Start with people who you know who might have a podcast or who you know who might know someone in TV. Then doing kind of your research. Um, direct messages, emails, that sort of thing um, to get reach outs and tailoring the message to them and to what they care about in those reach outs. That increase, uh, that, it sounds like all those things increase the likelihood of getting a, getting a yes, right? Absolutely. And, and then what happens when I think this is people's biggest fear and it's also where pe- most people give up. All right, I've reached out. I got nothing back. I reached out to five people. I didn't hear anything. What do you do then? Any tips for either handling rejection or follow-up to get a yes? What are your thoughts there? Well, there, as you and I both know, there's a big difference between not hearing anything and no. But a lot of people don't mm. realize that, which is don't say no. Really silence. Silence never means no. Silence just means silence. It's all you know is you haven't heard back. Now, the media are different even from most people in that you know most of us have been raised that if someone reaches out to you, you need to respond. The media figure, oh, you get the fact that they're on assignments, they're doing all this stuff, and they don't have to get back to you. But so if you don't hear anything um, after a week or two, send send another email, send another, um, you know, subject line, be pleasantly persistent, be somebody who is giving them ideas for shows that they could do where you don't you don't want to say hey i never heard from you that that's amateur you want to you know get you want to be pleasantly persistent um if they say no it's usually because you just don't fit what they're looking for it's not personal um but i tell you there's so much silence where people just take it as a no and the bottom line is give them another hook so um i i i have a story i tell in my seminars that I, my hardest client to promote was myself years ago because I was doing something totally different. I was actually with very little acting experience playing Hamlet in a community theater. And I told everybody, okay, I'll do all the PR and marketing. And I knew I had to get the core audience. I knew I had to get um, the artsy fartsy people who would see anybody play Hamlet. I had to get into the Philadelphia Weekly. And they said, no, I thought we had a good story. You know, church group, Presbyterian church group doing this play. No, sorry. We only do professional productions. 
But I noticed, and this is again the key, notice what they do say yes to. I noticed pictures of famous people and who are coming to town to perform, you know, in Philadelphia. I said, how can I give them fam- pictures of famous people? And so um, I had some notice here. I knew I knew I was planning this out months ahead of time. And I ended up writing to famous actors who had ever played Shakespeare and give me one piece of advice and send me an autograph photo. And then I said to the Philadelphia Weekly, do a story about this guy who's playing Hamlet, me, but do the story on what these famous people said to him. And the story ran and we sold out all these performances. And so there's, I find there's pretty much always a way. I think that mindset really does help. Um, so a, a no is just a reason to make sure, make sure it's a no, not silence. Give them another hook. Look back at what they're doing and see how you can serve them. Mm, that's really great. I like that. Okay. So we've been pleasantly persistent. Uh, we, we've not perceived the silence as a no. Because silence isn't a no. I love that. There's a difference between not hearing back and no. And we've gotten our first yes. What what now? How do we how do we kind of term uh, turn a soft yes into a firm commitment? And what should we do to prep for that media appearance to make sure that that appearance sells as as many copies of our book as possible? Yeah. So you, this is where again watching the sh- watching the show, reading you know, being at least familiar with how they cover. Um, what what they do um, for an interview program, a lot of them will appreciate sample questions. They may not always use them, but a lot of them just, you know, they're busy. I think that one thing a lot of people don't realize is that podcasters, journalists, and producers are busy. So the, the more you can make it easy for them, the better. They'd love to go home early, you know, and so give them as best you can a show in a box, so to speak. Now, you do want to think about a few things before you do the show. One is, what are you going to say at the CTA, the call to action? In other words, how do you want to be seen? Do you want people, do you want to say, go to get my book on Amazon? Okay, fine. Or do you want to say, hey, I've got a special offer. Here's this free thing so that you can have people get on your list. Another good reason to be doing interviews, even if your book isn't out yet. Um, so that's that's important. There's a little bit of planning you want to do before the interview. So you want to ask yourself a couple things. How do I want to be seen? If you want speaking engagements, are you going to tell a story somewhere where it fits about speaking? You know, probably a good idea. That's called seeding, right? Um, you want to think about how to enter. So much of things is like we listen to podcasts or, or radio shows in our car. Imagine we're driving. What do what does the average person need to hear to pull to the side of the road and say, hold it, I got to. I got to get this thing now, you know, get their phone out. I got to get this, this book. I got to order this. Think through the stories you might want to tell, the points you want to make to, to, so that you have a basic roadmap of some of the things that you really want to say. Now you've got to serve the, the host and whatever he or she asks. But a lot of times I find people don't have a real blueprint for tapping into the conversation that's going on in people's minds in terms of generating sales. That's great. And so have that blueprint and then have a clear call to action, right? It's like, okay, what is the very next step that you want people to take and make sure that that's clear in your messaging, right? The thing I always talk about, Steve, is uh, 
when I got my, some of my first media coverage, it was in the local newspaper when I was running a painting business in college. And I, I knew what I wanted people to do was call me to paint their house, right? And how am I going to get them to put my phone number in a newspaper article? It's probably not going to happen, right? Because then that's kind of that's kind of promotional. But they need a picture for the the uh, for the article. And I said, hey, like this is here's one of my lawn signs. This is like one of the main things that we we do is I go put them out around. Why don't you take a picture of me with this in front of one of the houses or in front of the house? It's like, oh, cool, that's a great idea. And so I gave them that. But then in that picture uh, is my phone number right? It's the lawn sign with the phone number. And so now in the big picture, there's a, everyone, they see the story. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I, I Here's how I can call Chandler to paint my house. You, do you have any examples like that where it's like, how can authors be clear in their call to action when they're on those media appearances? Yeah. the um, I love that. By the way, you know, we once to hire people, we rented a billboard in Philadelphia and it bombed. It didn't work. But then we pitched the Philadelphia Inquirer and said, do a story. It's so tough to get employees. This local company, they rented a billboard and it still didn't work. And all they ran was the photo of the billboard. And we got like the best people who weren't <laughs> looking for jobs. So it's it's very That's similar, awesome. right? Like to your that. story. Yeah. I like I that a for lot. Authors, I think for authors, when you're doing um Zoom, have your book, you know, a cover in a sizable way where people can see it and they can, you know, when you're coming across that way. That's one thing. Also, don't give your website out if you're doing interviews, you know, drkamalajan.com, you know, have something like, you know, more energy now, you know, and maybe redirect to Dr. Kamalajan. Um, and in terms of, um, you know, other things that, uh, that, that people do, sometimes people wear a t-shirt, you know, um, you kind of have to you know, um, you can try some different things. You always want to get a feel for how that show if they tip the host, typically, you know, will they tell people about what you have? It's going to be your, your the last thing you want to talk to them about, but it's something you're going to want to at least know how they cover. So if you get to a TV show, for example, to a studio, um, you know, or they're interviewing you via Zoom, you say, listen, I really want to give you a great show. Is it at the very end? Can you know, just, you know, how we tell people about the book? Because sometimes, a lot of times, people don't think about that. The other thing, you know, we find is a lot of times people say, "In my book, in my book." Hosts hate that, you know, "In my book, in my book, in my book." However, it, you know, and for us, it doesn't really help you. But when you say, "Well, you know, Chandler and Rich Dad, Poor Dad," the reason I put that together is like just in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, we talk about how your house is not an asset, so you just put the title in there. So it's a quick uh -huh. way. Oh, it's more helpful and it feels less of a pitch, really. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Well, hey, this this has been awesome. What I guess a couple of final questions. What would be your parting piece of advice for the person who's heard all of this, Steve, and said, "Hey, this is awesome. This this will probably this would be great, and this probably works good for them." But like, this isn't for me. Like, I don't know if I want to do this whole PR thing. Do I want to put myself out there? Like, this is intimidating. This is scary. Like, what's your parting piece of advice for people who are kind of um, just a little bit hesitant to use PR and media for for their books? Well, you know, there's local media. They have to write about local people. And there are podcasts that whatever your topic is, meditation, negotiation, there are people that are asking themselves, who am I going to have on my show next week or next month? And if you you can be doing them a big favor 
by, you know, with maybe trembling hands, typing your first, you know, pitch and reaching out. And you get that first one and you say, oh my gosh, you know, you do your second one. By the you know, fourth one, you're going to be thinking about having your own show. You know, I mean, it builds your confidence one thing after the other. Um, and so don't try to do this perfectly. Nobody does. Just get moving. Just take action and look at progress. Um, and you're going to, and you know, if you're writing a book, I imagine you're listening to us right now. You're the kind of person where you want to do well by doing good. And you've got a message that you want to share. And it's a way, whether people buy your book or not, getting on more shows, getting a more, you're, you're able to make even more of a difference, which I think is a great privilege that we have in this business is that we can change people's lives, whether they buy from us or not. But if you're set up right, enough people go buy your book. They mm. sign up for your coaching program. Yeah, that's great. Well, Steve, um, where can people go to find out more about you and what you're up to? I think you've got a link specific to our crew with some free publicity resources and then anywhere else that people can go um, to, to find out more about you, you and what you're up to. That's a, you know, they go to authorsuccess.com is our site. Uh, but, you know, one thing that I encourage people to do, which I did with, with you, is put together just a tailored special three bonuses of authorsuccess.com forward slash Chandler. We'll give them three sample pitches, PR pitches that they can use to imitate. Um, I have an ebook, 500 uh, called Formulas for Fame, 501 Publicity Strategies and Headline Formulas. So they can use that to, write a better book and also um, get more publicity. And then we have a training by four national TV producers on how to get on top shows. So just, I appreciate, you know, all that you're doing Chandler and I wanted to put some resources together. Awesome. Well, Hey, author success.com forward slash Chandler C H A N D L E R uh, author success.com forward slash Chandler. Check out those free publicity resources, Steve. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode or on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help this podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.